0: Welcome to IRO Live with host Bob Bay. Last week I talked about justice and mercy. And how that went along with steps eight and nine. And I talked about how justice dealt with we all we all want justice when things have done been, been, been done to us. When somebody's wronged us, we want justice. But when we do things to other people, we want mercy. And it's just human nature, right? You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. It's human nature. And that doesn't mean we want the ability for other to, for other people to suffer because they do us wrong. But if, if we want God working on our behalf to bring justice into our lives, we have to be willing to walk in justice or to walk justly. And I'll just put that in the thing of, we have to be willing to walk in the consequences of our choices and actions. You know, there was a, a show back in the day, back in the 70s, I think it was, it was Beretta. And in the uh, theme song, there was a line that said, if you, if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. <laughs> that was a long time ago. But, uh, and that's, that's really it, is we have to be willing to walk in the justice. We, we have to walk with the idea that we will reap what we sow right? The golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So if we walk in justice, then we will receive justice. And so I talked about the other side of that being mercy. And we want mercy. We want God to forgive us, forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our sins, forgive us the things that we've done. We want that. But that also means we have to be willing to forgive others. And that can be very difficult, especially if you were physically or emotionally or sexually abused when you were young. It can be incredibly difficult to forgive. I had mentioned that forgiveness is not connected to the restoration of a relationship. In other words, just because somebody is forgiven does not mean that that relationship has to be restored. Now, it could be The first of beginning of building blocks to restore a relationship if that's what both people want. But if both people don't want that, then it doesn't have to be. You can forgive somebody. But what I wanted to finish finish up on steps eight and nine, I wanted to mention that as I talked last week, it's really good to get another person's perspective when you're going through your list and kind of looking at the things where you need to make amends, where you need forgiveness. Because sometimes we need help. I've seen so many people who feel guilty about things that they've done. And so they want to run out to make amends and they're not quite ready for it. And so they go to this person and they say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this. And they fess up. And then that person's still walking in hurt. And they react in a way that the person is not ready for them to react. And so it can be very devastating. It can be very damaging to you if you tr- if you go to try and make amends when you're not ready or when it's possibly a situation where you can't go to that person to make amends because maybe to do so would just injure them or others. And so we need wisdom in that. There's a wisdom in multitude of counsel. Although sometimes a lot of people will go Seek counsel from people and they'll keep going until they find somebody who agrees with them and then they'll take that When it comes to forgiveness All the people on our list that we need to forgive are important Because when we when we get stuck in forgiveness remember we talked in the beginning Fear and worry will keep us stuck in the future When we're when we're fearful about what may happen or what won't happen, if you're wanting something, if you're not getting it, fear of loss or whatever, or worry about what could come to be. Fear keeps you living in the future. Resentments, bitterness, unforgiveness keep you living in the past. And we can't have a healthy relationship with God, with the people around us, or with ourselves in the past or in the future. We can't have a healthy relationship with the people around us or with God or with ourselves in the past or in the future. And so if we're stuck there, that means we won't be able to have healthy relationships, right? Forgiveness is important for everybody, but I wanna touch on two people tonight. One may seem very unlikely and that is God. We need to forgive God. And that may seem really sacrilegious. It may seem really bad. I know for a long time I struggled with, I was upset that God had allowed some things to happen in my life. I blamed God for certain things in my life. But I didn't tell anybody because I felt like, well, that's wrong. You can't feel that way. You shouldn't feel like that. But God had to walk me through that process And he was willing to take that on because he's got big shoulders. I mean, Jesus came and died on the cross and he was innocent. God can deal with it. And so, no, technically, I had nothing to forgive God about. But the thing was, is because I blamed him, it was in my heart. I needed to let go of that and I needed to forgive him for those things. But just like with all people, I can't really forgive God or anybody else. The only thing I can really do is get to the point to where I'm willing and then let go of it and give it to God. And he, in turn, will give me the ability to be able to forgive people. Does that make sense? That can be kind of a tricky concept. We're supposed to forgive people, but we can't forgive people. So we just have to let go of it, give it to God, say, God, I'm giving this to you. I need your help in this. I want to be able to forgive them. Maybe you need to be honest and say, I don't want to forgive them, but I know I should. And so I'm gonna give this to you and I'm counting on you to help me through this. And so he will. The second person in this, you guys, I hate to put it this way, but this can be sometimes the most important person to forgive and that is yourself. Because we know what we've done We know the things we think about. We know how we've reacted. Now, a lot of times we live in denial when it comes to other people and the things we've done to other people. And we'll rationalize and justify and make excuses in order to try and convince ourselves that we're not as bad as we think we are. Trying to get other people not to feel the way they feel about us. But the reality of it is, is we know who we are and what we've done. In order to move on in life, we have to be willing to forgive ourselves. And that is a process too. That is a turning it over to God. That is sometimes being able to say, God, I know I really messed this situation up. And I'm just going to go on. And with yourself, you need to sometimes learn to forgive and forget. You give it to God. When God forgives something, he says that he casts it as far away as the east is from the west. And if you think about that, there is no end to going east. If you head east, you can go forever. If you head west, you can go forever. And so that's how far away it is when God forgives us. In other recovery programs, and I'll, I'll say in AA, after you've worked these steps, they talk about you coming to a point where you will begin to intuitively know or understand how to handle situations in your life so they say once you finish step 9 you're going to be at a place where you you're going to be able to just intuitively know how to handle things i agree and i don't agree i don't believe that we will in, intuitively if i fell back on my intuition, on my ability to handle things, I would mess some stuff up. But God in me, the Holy Spirit who dwells in me, when I surrender to him, he tabernacles within me. And that word tabernacle is just he dwells, he lives within me. And that's a crazy concept. The creator of the universe is within me. He takes up residence within me. You know, I've talked about the thing about dwelling in the kingdom and how do you dwell in the kingdom and you're walking in your life. And I use the example, of if you come to a T in the intersection and you say, am I going to go right or left? Well, my intuition would tell me to keep going the way I've always gone, usually. Or it would say, you know what, every time I go left, it's messed up. I'm going right this time. But maybe right's not the right way either. Maybe we're just supposed to go straight ahead. This is the best way I can say, I can describe where we're at at this point is talk to God and do the next right thing. Now, if you talk to God and then you begin to rationalize what the next right thing is, it's not going to work. That's where the intuitive thing happens. If you talk to God and you feel a knowing or a peace inside... Then you follow it, following the peace of God. And so you follow it. If, you, if you're wrong, if, you, if you're off course, God will correct you. Now, this is what he does for us, because we can, in the beginning, we can have real challenges on learning what that is. And so what he's done is he's worked it out so that the Bible is like our guardrails. It's like curbs on each side of the road that we're walking You guys remember the moon cars at Six Flags and there were those old time cars and they're on the track at Six Flags. And so you can't, it's going to follow it. You can let go of the steering wheel and it's going to go or it's going to go, you know, and if you don't turn it, it's like banging off each side and everything. So you have to decide, are you going to be banging around on both sides? Are you going to be going from one curb to the other curb, hopping up on the curb, riding on the sidewalk? all this kind of stuff, are you going to stay in the middle? Because God will guide us. He'll walk us through that. The Bible was given to us, and a lot of people say, you know, I read that Bible, and I don't get anything out of it. I can't understand. Well, a lot of times it's because we come with a preconceived idea of what that's all about. But really, those stories are about us. And we're going to find that out in the weeks and months ahead as we go through some of the more familiar stories, and we're going to find out that those stories are really about us. And they apply today just as much as they did then. And we can find ourselves in there. And so that will give us parameters. That will give us bumpers or rails as we live life so that we don't get too far off, so we don't get waste off stuck in a ditch or often drive off into a lake or something. So step 10 says, we continue to take personal inventory, and when we're wrong, we promptly admit it. This is part of walking in the kingdom, keeping short accounts. You know, I'll be honest, from my life, when I looked at it in the beginning, the way I looked at this was, when I'm wrong, I promptly admit it. And so I would look at the things, like when Pam and I would have an argument, and it'd be like, well, I'm wrong, and I would think, well, I'm not saying I'm sorry, <laughs> You know, I'm being honest, right? Or in other situations, I I didn't want to admit I was wrong. I looked at it with other people, but I had to grow to a degree. I had to grow because even now, there are times where I may be right about something, but the way I handle it is wrong. When I'm wrong, promptly admitting it starts with me admitting it to myself myself. I just messed that up i shouldn't have handled it like that I shouldn't have done that then going to god and saying god i'm sorry i shouldn't have handled it that way and then asking him to help me how do i take care of this where do i go on this what should i do on this how do i make this right and it's different for everybody you guys i can't tell you how to live your lives because we're all in different places and i'm not saying that If you're brand new, you can do whatever you want to do and everything's fine. But we walk in the law of liberty. And so I am accountable for things that maybe you guys are not accountable for. I'll give you an example today. You know, I was thinking about the thing about, you know, as we go through and walking in consequences and walking in justice. And I was thinking about the basic, I mean, basic Ten Commandments stuff Thou shalt not steal. And I thought about the thing, all of the different things. What could stealing be? That could be so many different things, right? Well, yeah, it's stealing if you go in your neighbor's house and take something out of their house. It's stealing if you go into uh, Walmart and you, you take something that doesn't belong to you. But it's also stealing if you work on a time clock and you fake your, your time sheet. Or if you leave, if you're supposed to leave at four o'clock and you leave at three thirty, and you leave that at four o'clock, that's stealing. Today, I, you know, I was thinking about all of this, and I had to go to. That's uh, so I had to go to a store today, and I had to get a bunch of building materials, duct work, and stuff like that for a bathroom exhaust fan and this other stuff. And I got out to the. Uh, out to the truck, and I was taking the stuff out of the cart, and I would gotten a reducer to go from six inches down to five inches on ductwork. But it was stuck inside of a six-inch elbow. And they're twist they twist and they adjust so that they can be straight. And so it was stuck down inside there. Well, when I was going through checkout, the checkout person was going through the cart and everything. And I was getting my stuff out of my wallet and moved over to the keypad and everything. So I wasn't paying attention. And I thought, uh, I wonder if they got that. I wonder if they're aware that that was inside there. I thought about the thing I was thinking about before I went in. If I didn't pay for that, that's stealing. Well, even if it's a mistake. If I know I didn't pay for it and I leave right now, that's stealing. And so I was like, and I was running late to get to the job. And I'm like, man. <laughs> But I had to pull that out and I looked and I was like, oh, thank goodness it was on there. I paid for it. I didn't have to go back in. I was so thankful for that. But you, you see what I'm saying? Now, I know other people. I know another person who's been a Christian for a long time and he had gone to a Cracker Barrel. And he had gotten, you know, they had a the gift shop out front and he had gotten some stuff and put it in there. Well, he had this like $29 thing and he left and he got out and uh, got home and realized that they didn't charge him for it. And he said, oh, that's a blessing from God. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) But listen, that's not for me to say. Right? That's not my business. I know what I'm accountable for. Other people are not held accountable. Accountable for the same thing. You see what I'm saying? I don't want to labor that point, but I think it's important that we we each much must work out our salvation. Apostle Paul says that we are each much must work work out our salvation in fear and trembling. And what that is is, it's between us and God. When we're walking and living our life, and we want to walk in justice and mercy, we want to be able to look at our lives and look at our daily actions and taking this personal inventory and be willing to look at the truth of things and to be able to go to God and say, you know, I messed this up. Because if we'll do that, God promises, He promises that He will move heaven and earth on our behalf. Those are promises from the Bible. If we'll walk in that, and that is walking in the kingdom, if we will walk in justice and mercy, And walk with him as our Lord. And that's what part of being in the kingdom is. He is our king. We are the subjects. And we are living in his kingdom. That opens us up to his promises. It's funny how you'll face a situation. And normally things would go crazy. Maybe somebody would be really mad about something that's going on. And maybe it's your fault. But you take responsibly for it, and you say, listen, I'm sorry this happened. You know, I'll do what I can to make it right. And I've told stories about situations where i faced where I could have lost thousands of dollars, but I stood up and took responsibility, and God worked it out. I didn't lose any money. He took care of it. So that's step 10. Step 11 says, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God Praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Now, I want to take that a step further. And I understand why they started that, why they have it that way. Praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. Because we are selfish by nature when we begin recovery. And we will be asking for all kinds of crazy stuff. And it says in in the book of James, it says you have not because you ask not. But when you do ask, you ask for crazy Reasons. you ask asking for the stuff for your personal gain that ain't it ain't right. Prayer is us talking to God. Meditation is us listening to God. Prayer is us talking to God about what's going on in our lives. God, this is happening in my life. God, this is going on. God, I'm really excited about this. God, this. thank you so much for doing this in my life. You know what I'm saying? Just talking to him like normal. And then the meditation is thinking about those things, and then God will speak to us through that. Maybe he'll give us a check on the inside. Because again, the Holy Spirit, who was sent to be our comforter, our counselor, our teacher, our guide, that's what the Bible says, he's within us, and so he'll speak to us. Maybe he'll have, you'll be reading something and he'll give you a new revelation of something from the Bible that'll open up. Maybe a song will come on. Maybe he'll have some stranger that you've never met before walk up to you and say, Listen, it was just on my heart to tell you, and he'll say whatever. And it'll be like, No way, dude, that was exactly what I was. You never know what God's going to do. But it's all about that relationship, right? And so that's step 11. Guess what the next step is? Step 12. There's only 12 steps. We should be fixed by now, right? Sure. We should be perfect. Step 12 says, Having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I'm saying, I know. I know that I know that I know. Every time somebody has truly like been vulnerable through this process, and walk through each of these steps, God has revealed himself to them. And things have happened as a result of that. Our life can get into ruts. Our life can get into patterns. Our life, we can fall back into the old things very quickly. After working with people in recovery for many decades, I see it happen time and time and time and time again, where people will be doing well, God will do things in their lives. God will begin to restore things, begin to restore relationships, give them back possessions, cars, keep them from going to jail, do all of these things for them, and they're happy about it, and they're in this like honeymoon phase, and everything's wonderful. But then after a time period, God begins to give back the ability to make other choices, and he gets... and. We, get, we go through life and we're faced with other temptations, not from God. The devil tries to tempt us with other things. We begin to become complacent in our walk and we stop talking to God. A lot of that happens because we'll be going along and we'll make some little stupid choice. It's usually a little stupid choice. We'll make a little stupid choice and that'll kind of make us feel bad. And so we'll kind of like kind of hide that away inside us. And then a little bit of time will go by. You know, it's like we're walking around with an umbrella over our heads, hiding away, thinking, God's going to strike me down for that one. But then we don't get struck down because God's a loving God. And we go a little bit farther, and it's like, well, God didn't strike me down on that last one, so I guess I can do it again. Because God understands, right? I mean, God's a forgiving God, and He understands. And so we do it again, and it's not long... We're right back where we started. Back on drugs, back on alcohol, back in, really the worst part is is that emotional and mental state that we lived in. That's the horrible thing, to drift back into that pattern, those old patterns of trying to meet our own needs, those old patterns of dysfunction. And they're futile. They'll lead to nothing. One of the ways that God gives us, because we can't see him, and you guys, I've talked to like one, maybe two people. The, other, the second one was probably unclear. I was thinking about it earlier. I know one person who says he audibly heard from God. I know another person who believed that maybe he did. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But I've been walking with God for 34 years. I've never heard an audible voice from God. He's communicated with me in so many ways. But so I can't actually hear him. I can't actually see him. It's usually after things happen and I'm looking back and it's like, well, God was in that. There's no way that should have happened that way. There's no way that was going to that should have worked out the way it did. There's no way that in the natural that could be that way. God must have done that. So looking back, I can see God at work in my life. But because of that, it's incredibly difficult to have a relationship with God. And so what he's done for us is he's given us each other. And he said in the garden when he created Adam and Eve, he said, it's not good that man should be alone. And and yes, he gave man Eve, but it wasn't just husband and wife. We are not meant to do life by ourselves. Remember, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. We were meant to have all those relationships. And so what God's done in our lives is a gift to us for for mercy. He does these things in our lives. And then it is our job to carry this message to other people Jesus told the disciples back then, he said, go and preach the gospel of the kingdom, which is what we've been talking about, this message that we've been talking about. Go and preach the gospel of the kingdom and make disciples of the nations. And a disciple is somebody who you walk with and you teach and and you help. That's why, I mean, after 34 years, why am I here? But this is as much for me as it is for you guys. God didn't tell me, Carry this message to others as long as there's 50 people in the room. He didn't put a limit on it. He said, carry the message. Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com or go to Ministries stl on Facebook.